Hey everyone, I'm Chris Hall and this is the Downtime Podcast, where we're going to be taking you deeper than ever into the gravity-based side of mountain biking. Before we get stuck into this week's episode, just a quick thank you to our supporting partners, Kotic Bikes and Magura, who've got an awesome competition for you. If you're side turner and your dream bike doesn't exist, you go out and make it, of course, which pretty much is how Kotic Bikes began. Kotic design and build their dream bikes and then make them available so that you too can have your dream build. When Si moved to the Peak District, what he was riding changed, and as a result, so did his dream bike. And so, the Rocket Max was born. A UK-made, steel-framed Enduro chassis that exudes confidence, letting you know that it's got your back. The Rocket Max was a dream bike for me too, and I've been very happy to be riding one for the last three years. The steel frame has got a level of compliance that means the bike can breathe with the terrain, and believe me... This bike sticks to rough off-camber sections like nothing else I've ever ridden. At speed, the long-shot geometry brings a stability and a feeling of composure, yet the bike still retains a fun personality that means you don't have to be going at warp speed for it to put a smile on your face. To help you get your dream bike, Kotick not only have multiple complete build options, but they'll let you choose any components that you want for your dream build. Kotick now have a brand new showroom in Chesterfield in the UK where you can see the bikes and meet the people who design and build them. You can also arrange for a factory collection where one of the team will set the bike up for you and your riding style. Add to that regular owners rides and events and a company ethos that strives to operate in a low impact way when it comes to the environment and gives back a good chunk of their time and profit to the riding community. If all of that sounds like your dream, then you can check them out over at kotick.co.uk. That's Kotick spelled C-O-T-I-C. Also, we've got a pretty recent podcast episode with Sai where you can hear more about Kotick and the Rocket Max. Just head to downtimepodcast.com forward slash Kotick dash Rocket Max. In my opinion, Magura makes the best brakes out there, and we've got three sets to give away. I've been running the Magura MT7 Pro brakes for around a year and a half, and they are my go-to brake. I love the amount of power that they bring and the way that power is so controllable too. That already puts them ahead of the rest, but as an added bonus, they're also super easy to look after and are the only brake I've owned that I've been able to keep working as well as the day they arrived. Unique to Magura is the ability to customise the brake to make it just how you want it from both an aesthetic, ergonomics and performance point of view. The change that I make from the stock product is to fit the HC wide reach levers. These feel great and enable me to get the brake set up just how I like it. It's worth mentioning that those levers were designed for Loic Bruni who is your reigning downhill world champion and the MT7 Pro is his brake of choice. So if they're good enough for Loic, they're definitely good enough for me. If you're looking for the best brakes, then look no further than the Magura MT7 Pro. You can check them out over at magura.com. Like I said, Magura have been kind enough to give us three sets of the awesome MT7 Pro brakes to give away. So to be in with a chance of winning some, all you need to do is to head to downtimepodcast.com forward slash survey and fill in this year's listener survey. It's super simple to do and it's only going to take you a couple of minutes. It's a massive help to me to find out more about you lovely lot too. So head over to downtimepodcast.com forward slash survey and we'll be choosing a winner of those three sets of Magura MT7 Pro brakes at random on Thursday the 8th of June. If you're enjoying the podcast and you feel like you're getting some value from it, perhaps it's helped you learn something, maybe it's helped you get your fitness back, get back into riding after a crash, maybe it's just got you stoked to go riding, then why not do a little something in return by setting up a small regular donation via my Patreon over at patreon.com forward slash downtime podcast. That's Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Thanks to our new patrons who signed up this week, Michael Bland, Eli Oppenheimer and Sam Dexter. Also, if you want to represent the podcast, you can get your hands on downtime t-shirts, sweatshirts and hoodies over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash shop. 
If you want a bit more downtime in your life, you can join my newsletter. That's downtimepodcast.com forward slash newsletter. Otherwise, don't forget to follow the podcast to make sure you never miss an episode. You can do that by hitting the button in your podcast app now, or there's buttons for all the major platforms over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash follow. All the links for everything I've mentioned are in the show notes for this episode over on downtimepodcast.com. You can either listen to today's episode right here, or if you prefer to watch it, you can now do that over on my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash downtimepodcast. All right. Every now and again, you see someone ride a bike who just looks like they were born to do it. Alex Store is one of those riders. Not only is Alex an incredibly stylish young rider, but he's also working his way up the ranks at the Enduro World Cup. We chat about how Alex discovered mountain biking through his school club and hear how he got into enduro racing in the first place. Find out how Facebook Marketplace ultimately led to Alex getting a factory ride. We also chat about balancing racing and content creation, finding the fastest lines and much, much more. So without further ado, here's Alex Store. Alex Store, welcome to the Downtime Podcast, man. Thanks for making the trip over to... Not quite so sunny today, Clanglothlin. No, yeah, thanks for having us. It's a pleasure. It's a cool place. Yeah, it's a nice spot. I'm guessing you spend quite a lot of time riding here, eh? Well, yeah, the riding here is next level, so yeah, you got a good location. Yeah, good. pretty lucky, man. Well, yeah, let's start at the start. You've not been on the podcast before, so we'll get a bit of background. Um, do you remember learning to ride a bike? I wouldn't say learning, but I just remember being on a bike pretty much all, all my life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all started off trials really. Okay. Since I was like five. Yeah. I was on a little trials bike, rev and go. Nice motorbike trials. Yeah, yeah. motorbike yeah, trials. Yeah, this yeah. is yeah. But then mum always says I was on pedaling away when I was about two. No way. On a little bike, so but I can't remember that. But fair play. You started pedaling early then, eh? Yeah, I think so. I think watched my older sister. Yeah. I, like, I want to do that. Nice. How so, old's your big sister? She's um, three years older than me. So. Okay. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, so, so are you the second child? Yeah, I'm middle and got a younger yeah. brother. Yeah, is that Sam? That's Sam, that's right. right yeah. He also rides, yeah? Yeah, he rides, yeah, he loves yeah. it. So. Ah, nice, cool. It's good. Very good, man. And the influence from the motor trials, that was from your father, was it? Yeah, dad did the exact same. He had all his TY80s, his Fantics, and yeah. still got an, an old twin shot now. Loves it. Excellent, good stuff. And were you competing then in the motor trials side of things? Is that something you wanted to do or something your dad wanted you to do? <laughs> Oh, it was always me. Dad never pushed me, but if I wanted to do it, it was, we were doing it. So, yeah, yeah I did that. I think as soon as I started riding, we was little local trials around here. So it was a good scene. Ah, uh, yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, so it's always just been trials. Yeah. And how far did you go with that then? You've had some pretty solid results on the trials side of things, yeah? Yeah, always. It went pretty far on the 125. We do the British Nationals and... Just stayed in the country, but always on one two five. Went to three hundred, but that sort of transitioned into mountain biking. Yeah, okay, fair That's, play. Yeah. The mountain bike took over eventually, and you you were lucky enough to have a school that had a mountain bike. Like, did you basically did mountain bike lessons with school? Is that right? Not like lessons, but after school we'd go ride the yeah. local trail centre, and yeah. that's pretty much how it started wicked how i pretty much found mountain biking yeah so did they have a fleet of bikes there, yeah huh? just these hardtails and i thought they were the best things ever they had hydraulic brakes and yeah forks that worked so we hired them out after school every thursday we'd go up to clandegla that's so cool with all the mates and it was yeah so the school the school owned the bikes or the school like hired the bikes in do you know yeah they had a sort of i think they 
had a bit of a deal with a shop and they yeah. got the bikes in. Sweet. So yeah, they was kept in school for us to use. Yeah, their, yeah. their bikes. Yeah. yeah, and you just go up to Fandegla with yeah like, a little tra- trailer on the back of the minibus and <laughs> we'd cruise up. Yeah, that's sick. wicked. Was it love at first pedal then? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. all your mates and we just be always so competitive and <laughs> who can pedal up fastest and who can go down X. Yeah. yeah. So they weren't like they weren't teaching you necessarily. It was more just about getting out on the bikes after school, like a club kind of thing. Yeah, club. It was never from what I could, we would do like bike maintenance skills and stuff and yeah what to pack but it was never riding coaching sort of things no. okay cool and did you find then that you were like naturally better on a bike than a lot of the other kids or pretty much yeah just from trials yeah yeah, yeah. got that balance i guess yeah it translates so easy over so yeah yeah and a familiarity on two wheels i suppose that's the main thing like you, you know how a two-wheeled thing like moves works even though a hardtail's gonna be a lot lighter than a motor trials bike but yeah well i always had a trials like cycle push bike oh okay so i'd be on that after school on the curbs every every night nice and then it was just the speed bit which is like yeah it's just good and it, so before you started mountain biking with school did you come across it in like media and stuff like have you seen maybe like trials rides martin ashton people like that like yeah i've always <laughs> can't really remember seeing the whole racing side of it but i've seen yeah, Martin, Daddy Mac, and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I think I was all just trials. I had all the magazines. It was it was trials. But and then when I found mountain biking through school, it was yeah, pretty much all in from there. Yeah. What was it about mountain biking then that was better to you than the like the motorbike trial side of thing? Do you think? I wouldn't say better. It's like they just both came in hand in hand. Uh, the bit in the bit of trials I always liked most was in between the sections. Okay. So you can sort of go flat out and yeah. get to this section. Like the first lap, you have to walk all the sections. That was a bit. But then when you could do all the next ones, just flat out. Yeah. Not having to get off the bike. Okay. So that's pref- the best part. Yeah. yeah. It was always the speed part. So don't know if it was that, <laughs> pulling down a hill on a bike. It makes sense. I yeah. think that's what, like, most people that get into sort of gravity oriented biking, it, like, they got a bit of a thing for speed, I think. It's a bit unusual not to have it. No, exactly. For sure. So how, how did you go then progressing from, like, riding a school hired hardtail to getting your first full suspension bike um just like local jobs car yeah. washing <laughs> nice. saved up to get my first full sus and then At what was it it's giant trance ah nice yeah, yeah okay pretty like stock spec but yeah it was at the time the best thing ever I remember changing it to one by drive train and putting a dropper on it how <laughs> wicked yeah it's good how old would you have been then 16 yeah okay yeah so like yeah. just coming up to end of high school yeah, yeah yeah and was it again natural for you to want to go race that thing yeah but then didn't really know how to race where to race yeah and then mum found i think on facebook the welsh enjoy series so perfect yeah just up the road we went and did that yeah and you worked your way up pretty quick i was i checked your results on the old roots and rain fifth at the first round you did third at the second and won the third round you did like do you remember that progression was it just a learning thing yeah, I think once I got fifth, I was like, oh, it's like, then there's a lot of names below you. So, like, oh, this could be, could stick at this. And yeah. we did it. And then, but never taken seriously. I had the races, we go with mates and we didn't really know what we were doing. But it worked <laughs> out. We were just having fun on the bike and yeah. not really racing. It was more just weekend with your mates. Yeah. And, and a cool series to have, like, yeah, so really local. cool. Just got back from. The first round on the weekend. Yeah, you won it. Yeah. yeah, good work, man. So that's cool. Is Folgas, do you know if Folgasnack's open again, like to the public or? 
think after storm damage a couple of years ago it was shut but yeah i think steve's got a good team there now and trying to get it open again sweet yeah it's a good spot i've not ridden there yeah, for a few cool. years like it's that. very good yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd recommend excellent good stuff man so that was 2017 i think that sort of first year of enduro yeah. racing yeah um through 18 and 19 you raced quite a lot of w- more welsh enduro you raced some british nationals when did you start thinking about getting to some international racing i think it was after racing a couple of the british yeah. rounds and speaking to them boys there always seen on their socials they were going away riding yeah. on these big hills and i was like oh that's <laughs> cool good. that's what i want to do so i think i remember actually buying my entries for the enduro wheel series about having any idea of how to get there <laughs> <laughs> just nice. bought my entries. Like, like, that's right. one step closer yeah yeah i'm doing it we'll sort the problem out later yeah. yeah yeah so just from the british yeah seeing that interesting so it was like was did COVID kind of get in the way for you, or was it a bit of an enabler to get ready to go do that? When were you planning to go, and how does that all fit with that pandemic year? I wouldn't say COVID got in the way. It was more COVID is what got me to ride every day. Yeah, it okay. Was, I think like from riding all day, even summer, it just progressed massively. Yeah, yeah, fitness and technical. I yeah, guess, so. yeah. We built well, all the boys just met up in local forest, and we just built so many tracks. I think that helped massively. And then, because the following year, where there's double headers. Yeah, yeah. So it worked out well to get to the races. Yeah, yeah. Because you could do more at one place. So Nice. Yeah. How did you fund that season then? Because you were, you were basically a privateer at that point, yeah? Yeah, I was just working and luckily parents help out. So yeah, can't thank them enough. And But just working at local, our mates like CNC place. and yeah. Just cash in hand jobs, just trying to get us doing as much as you can, as much as you can. Yeah, yeah. Sock, stacking shelves and yeah. And so then, I bought the entries and and then worked out how to get there. Yeah, well, yeah, it's a funny one again. Um, so I got the entries and then it snowed one that winter. Uh-huh. So I was looking on Facebook Marketplace for a snowboard, or like because mates were going skiing on the hills, and I was like, oh, I want to get get a new board. And then messaged some guy, and this guy was Tom, who yeah. is, was the guy that took us around for the races so. ah, yeah because so this is the guy you van life it the, with, yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah so all just from buying a snowboard i'm trying to haggle at the time <laughs> so <laughs> met up with him and started talking bikes and wicked he had time off work he had this mark one 1980s red old master amazing and then so was he planning to do the ews before you guys met or did you sort of talk him into it i yeah pretty much talked to him. <laughs> i think he wanted to go follow the race series and he just loves riding. He wasn't there to race. He was yeah. just there to have fun. So nice. He had time off work and had this van all converted. Yeah. So off you go. And were you studying at that point as well, like at uni? Yeah, I was at uni for that first year doing natural hazard management. Yeah. And then, well, yeah, and then deferred it. Yeah. Was it, was it hard to fit in like van life, racing and studying? I imagine that's a lot to take on. Yeah, but it was, it was all still online from covid uh, so yeah, you could okay. just knock away like your ipad and yeah yeah keep cracking but it wasn't too it was hard to balance but you do a lot of travel you can always fit it in yeah, yeah. fair play so you're in under 21 at this point it's yeah, your first last year, time first time racing kind of away at these big races i guess yeah um you went from being one from last at the first round <laughs> 
to winning round six. <laughs> Talk me through that. How do you get from the back of the pack to the front of the pack in that fewer races? And they were head-to-heads as well, so the rounds were close. There wasn't a lot of yeah, like, wasn't learning time. Yeah, No. Um, well, me and Tom went there with no idea what we were doing. We weren't <laughs> sure what day to turn up. <laughs> we were on a pretty loose program, just traveling Europe at the same time as racing. Yeah. And got to the first races. Um, I think the first stage I got like a top five, first okay. ever. So you check on your phone, I thought that was the coolest thing. Like, the liar time. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty smart. <laughs> um, and then just, I think I just crashed out all the rest of the day. Okay. And I got, I think I did break a mech that first race too. Yeah. So, but it's so different. It's my first time really riding abroad and it was so different to here. Uh-huh. That physical part of it was. So you'd not even ridden outside of the UK? No, I do all like family holidays, maybe rent a hardtail yeah, a day. Yeah. But but you'd not been on no, like a, you know, a morzine trip or anything like no, that? No, I'd never, like, never been. A... So you just went straight to the US. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. And it was a, the long tracks too yeah um and it was a um, back-to-back again so it was a that same week was it was in Kanazai. yeah and it was pro stage i remember that rained out and got second in that on the pro stage uh-huh. and then i think same again just crashed crashed yeah. all the next day yeah well just trying too hard you're just at the race yeah and i think pretty standard didn't really like, know my limits and, yeah, yeah younger just, rider mistakes i guess finding where your race pace actually is yeah and it was all new and Frigging out the whole practicing and racing it's all it's different to here yeah here you can sort of rely on skill uh-huh. to do well whereas when you're away you've got to have that physical side yeah how and was your fitness then were you like doing much like did you have a coach were you doing much like specific training or were you just riding a lot just riding like from lockdown it was all just riding yeah. i'd be at the gym but not with a coach or not uh-huh. with a planner i think just just to keep fit yeah yeah, I just think I needed that strength yeah. more than anything. Yeah, fair play. Did you have any support that year then, like with brands? Yeah, or, so yeah. again, Tom, should have mentioned maybe before, but Tom, the snowboard guy, Yeah, he's grown up with Ollie Blight, okay. who's now the design engineer at ah, Forbidden. Forbidden. Yeah. That's the connection. Got it. Yeah. So when the day we bought the snowboard, he was, he was like, oh, have you heard? He was like asking how I was going to do it. I just had my bike. I was fun it all south. Yeah. Have you heard of Forbidden? I was like, yeah, it's a, it's a cool brand. Yeah. So he said he'd fire my name into the Canadian office of Ollie. Okay. So I like emailed the UK office and yeah, name sort of. I heard the name from Tom and that and yeah, pretty much from there they helped me out with the bike. So I was on the Forbidden Dreadnought on the first block of that season. So yeah, I got a bike. So that funded it, helped yeah, fund yeah. it too because yeah. I could sell my old bike and then yeah. I raced on this bike that I got given. Which is the Druid. Yeah, that's a good start. Um, that was purely like, what What do you think they were basing the decision to give you a bike on? Because at that point, your results were all like UK based. Yeah, I'm uh, not sure. There's not much. Was your social big at that point? No. Okay. So yeah, pretty grateful to be given the opportunity because yeah. there wasn't much there other than a few Welsh races and stuff. Fair play. Um, I know I had a few, few videos on Instagram, but yeah. it was never name was never out there at all so uh-huh. yeah cool look so, maybe yeah well, pretty, pretty much is look yeah from pretty, the snowboard pretty to, solid first yeah. season for getting a ride through facebook marketplace yeah. is the future yeah. so 20 that was 2021 wasn't it that season yeah so we did them first two on the dru- druid and then 
we came back for a month in summer yeah and got a phone call they got the dreadnought waiting i was like oh here we go that's cool yeah, yeah. and then um do you when, think that helped in the results as well like to have that bit more burly bit bigger travel yeah i think when you're away you need it i think yeah yeah on those euro tracks yeah you can get yeah. away with a lot more and yeah and it's looking after you, right? On those long stages, yeah, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Because what the jury is like 140, yeah? 130 at the rear. Okay, yeah. yeah. We feels had a 164, more, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it feels more, yeah. yeah. It was perfect, but just to have that bit more, yeah, you couldn't say no. So nice. went back out and then from there, results were a yeah. lot better with Tom, yeah. For sure. And you finished, was it fourth overall in U21 that year? Yeah, I think fourth overall. Yeah, yeah. nice. From a pretty slow start. Yeah. So how yeah. do we go from that season then to picking up like a full factory deal because 22 you were on the factory team right yeah so first year elite managed to be on the factory team which is again a big eye-opener yeah yeah it's cool to and have. was that all from their side or were you kind of trying to push for that it's always your childhood dream isn't it to have your name on the side of a van <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's pretty cool but um all from this so, uh i've pushed it but they gave me the opportunity yeah yeah wicked yeah so so how big a change did that make? You've gone from like van life with the guy you met on Facebook Marketplace <laughs> to factory team in one year. What what changed for you other than having your name on your jersey and on the van? <laughs> um, just learn off of it's like having Reese who's done it for years to sort of see how it properly properly race and yeah. practice and and um, the support. Yeah, having. Have an ant man mechanic and Maddie who's been doing it for I don't know how long. Yeah. All of that. Yeah. Yeah. Some experience. of the most experienced yeah. people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was cool. Did you do much pre season with them for twenty two? Like did you get a chance to get out to Canada or not pre season, no, no, just just during the all season. stayed home. Yeah. Yeah. And then managed to go out all summer over at Canada and stuff. It's yeah. It's cool. Sweet. And what, so was that intimidating then, taking that step up, not only to a factory team, but also from U21 to Elite? Yeah, but at the same time, they never put any pressure on first year Elite. Yeah. Like, I wasn't sure where I'd end up. But because um, it changed a lot, I went down to size on the bike. and Okay. What, was, then, what was the driver <laughs> for that? Were you on XL originally? I was on a large dreadnought. Okay. And I on a, on medium a medium. Oh, fair yeah. play. They're big bikes, but. Yeah. Um, and was that just like for maneuverability like what made you drop that size yeah i think the last round at inners <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. changed it from there yeah fair. trend it around those trees yeah it's pretty i've tight. always liked a smaller bike too so the large is perfect but in the medium just a bit more maneuverable okay yeah and your style i guess is quite sort of light flicky kind of yeah yeah i think so like to move a bike around underneath you yeah so we were back in leafing for the first one with the, with the team yeah and from there it was all go yeah and did you did you change your like structure coming over that winter like did you pick up a trainer did you do more on that side of things yeah that winter is that's when i deferred uni and mm -hmm. to give it a proper go yeah have all that support may as well do it properly so yeah i had a coach neil at complete performance and just at the just up the road so it's an insane facility and um yeah, so come into it a lot more stronger. And yeah, do you find that made a big difference? Oh, definitely. That? Someone yeah, having, that knew that how to program for Yeah, you. having structure and work on all these imbalances you didn't even know you have. <laughs> um, yeah, it helped. Helped for sure. Yeah. How how do you think that like manifests on the bike? Obviously, you're going to get less fatigued, but are there other things you've noticed being like stronger and fitter? Maybe just it's always going to hurt. No matter how fit you are, <laughs> yeah. it's going to hurt. But I think, yeah. Just having 
that bit more fitness you can maybe go harder for that bit longer yeah on the stage uh-huh. um yeah just feeling more comfortable maybe on the bike when you're that bit fitter yeah. yeah nice so yeah like you say it kicked off in 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 2022 yeah first race in elite home soil effectively and i'm pretty sure we saw you we went up in april and did some like training and i think you're up there making yeah, the most of the trails bit, yeah. yeah do you think it helps like having a bit of knowledge of like the tracks like that or i mean we when we were there obviously there was no way of knowing what we were going no, to be no. racing but do you think it helps oh if you know the terrain and you know the hill then yeah yeah it definitely helps like we always try and track walk before practice because uh-huh. then you know what's coming in practice sort of thing and you can do practice try and full run maybe so it's yeah okay. like a race run yeah rather than being so blind in practice you can learn from track walk but yeah, knowing the hill and knowing the what the tracks what the tracks like they're all pretty similar in it so yeah you're gonna know what your bike setup's like yeah, exactly. be, i suppose and that yeah, sort of yeah. stuff yeah so 25th top 30 at your first elite race you must have been pretty happy with that, I guess, even if it is like your local race in inverted commas. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty, pretty stoked. I remember getting a decent stage time too and that. So it's good to look at stage times too. And yeah, remember getting quite a good one. So yeah, I was pretty excited from there. Yeah, it's a good way to kick off, isn't it? For yeah, sure. yeah, it was good. Yeah. yeah. And how, how did the rest of the season go for you then? Because it was kind of, I mean, looking at the results mm. up and down. Yeah, like, a few like, ups and downs. Yeah. Maybe think from there, the 25th you're dropping the last 30 at Pepsin and with all these big names and people you've looked up to so I think I just tried too hard and pushed maybe that bit too much and a few crashes at the next round but do you feel the pressure then being amongst all that like like you say those riders you've looked up to oh yeah definitely yeah, yeah did remember. you feel like you'd earned it or not really did you feel like you're like you should or you shouldn't be there at that point does that make sense yeah as all pretty much still learning that year that my only second year racing yeah on the circuit so i'd say yeah i said earned it yeah but then i remember moya had a shoulder injury so he didn't do so well at scotland yeah i'm a dropping behind him just <laughs> seeing and it was the, the big number one i was like oh god <laughs> yeah no, no pressure <laughs> yeah. here then at least he's not behind you i guess following no, you down true. the tracks but still yeah yeah and then just blown it <laughs> but that year was good there was a lot of goods to take from it, yeah. Yeah, and it seemed to come together in Whistler. Did you you spent a bit of time in Canada that summer, yeah? Yeah, because Reese is Squamish, so we did this big road trip and we raced all the BC, well, not all of them, we did three BC downhills. Nice. So, like Fernie, Panorama and Oh, man, Kicking that horse. must have been so good. Yeah, it was cool driving all of BC and how much it changed. Yeah. Um, and is that your first time out there as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. first time out. And before that, we were over at... Quebec, um, yeah, Bromont, yeah, yeah, Matt, yeah, 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 yeah. So it was a, yeah, good summer. Yeah, cool. not bad. And then managed to get the week in Whistler, yeah, on A line before the race. So. Ace. so much bike time helped, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, twenty sixth, another solid top thirty. Yeah, for somewhere where you'd not been before, I think. And also a place where there are a lot of like locals racing, oh, yeah. like you know, riders like Remy, Jesse. ALN like all goes super well there. I think it's hard to have a good result in Whistler, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. The, the tracks have all been ridden a lot, and it's hard to remember when they're they're all really long. So yeah, hard to remember the whole track, but yeah, yeah, it worked out pretty well. Nice. And Sugarloaf was a good one for you as well. Twenty second best result up to that point. On the, in that year, yeah, yeah, 
yeah, that was a good race. There was not much pedaling. And okay. there's a storm come, I remember. So every stage was like lifted. Yeah. And top to bottom, there was not much pedaling. It was rooty, <laughs> steep, pretty much like here. Yeah, yeah. It was, oh, it was ideal. It rained too, so. I was going to say, is that the one that was quite slippery? Yeah, yeah. And it was, um, and we get a 12th in the pro stage. I was like, I'll just stay on the bike tomorrow. That's incredible. Could, yeah. Could be like trying to get that top 10, but yeah, 22nd, I remember coming off too. It was pretty, yeah. pretty happy with that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it was a good race. So wrapping up the season, like how did you feel about 2022, your first elite year? Oh, good. No, I was, I was happy. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of change and yeah, just happy to have all the support and opportunity yeah. and make so many memories in that year was was cool nice so how do you yeah what do you do then at the end of a season to look at like what you want to try and get done in the off season does that make sense like how do you prioritize right i think maybe i'm weak here or i need to improve this like what sort of stuff do you do to reflect and then plan your off season yeah um look where you didn't do very well the races that previous year yeah it's like what stages and stuff and so you're going into a stage by stage kind, kind of, of yeah, to yeah. see where you're losing time. The times are so tight now. Yeah, you've got to sort of pick out where to where you can get them seconds. And I think for me, it's always been maybe the pedally bit. So just trying to ride track. It's hard here because there's not super long tracks. But yeah, trying to ride them fatigued. Okay, so like sprinting to into yeah. the top of the yeah. trail, like yeah, trying to just be that bit more tired on the track and <laughs> learn how to ride tired and bike set up too yeah just always trying to figure out always i was always fast and hard which is all right for here but <laughs> yeah, you're not yeah. holding on to it when you go away so okay just softened up and yeah yes yeah, so trying to find a balance of a supportive setup but something that's going to be a bit forgiving over yeah yeah a long day just get used to one sort of setup yeah for the whole year because tracks you can't really be changing it just okay I think just be comfortable on one softer maybe setup. And so will you ride? Yeah, you'll ride that softer setup even if you're just like sessioning a day here kind of thing now. Or will you still stiffen up like when you're riding shorter days at home? No, I always. It's maybe when I go to the bike park, I might put a bit of a heavy coil on or a few more clicks. But yeah. No, I try and stay the same. Okay. Yeah. Get familiar with it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. And you you rode a bit more skate park like in the more recent off seasons. Is that a relatively new thing for you? Because what looking at your riding, yeah. I just assumed you'd probably grown up riding park. But no, was, that's new. Yeah, got a jump bike and and then cold nights. Big a few boys with me up at the skate park and yeah, it's really good. It's just good for skills, I think, and just for laughs too. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Well, and strength, I guess. Like long oh, session yeah. skate parts, pretty tiring. Oh, it gets your legs. Yeah, you're going around pumping everything. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's nice. good for that. So, how did you feel like in your early season prep this year? Did you feel like you're in a better spot? Yeah, felt a lot better. There was more, had more time in the gym, more time on the bike. Yeah, a few more trips this winter too. So. Yeah, I felt a lot more ready for the yeah. season, I think. Yeah. Do you, and again, do you do like any pre-season stuff with Forbidden? It's hard to get all you guys together, I guess. Yeah, with us being so spread out, it's it's quite hard. So, no, I just got a few trips. I got a trip to Finale in the week just, just to ride, yeah. just for bike time. Just some dry trails. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and um, just ride. Yeah, just try and get as much bike time as you can in, I think. Yeah, nice. Let's talk about those uh, first couple of rounds. But first, let's talk about one of your teammates, uh, Connor Fearon, 
like a man that's been on the downhill circuit for what feels like forever. A true legend. Um, yeah, an absolute legend of the sport. Flat pedal yeah. boy as well. Um, what's it been like having Connor as a teammate? Eh? Oh, unreal. I managed to ride him a week at Bromont last year. But yeah. It was quite quick, a quick visit. And then, yeah, so I managed to get out over to his like a month or so earlier. Nice. So a few weeks at his house and riding his trails. Oh, it's insane to follow. <laughs> it's just everywhere, inside Unreal. out. Oh, yeah. It's it's cool to follow and train of him. Yeah. And we had Ant-Man out there too, and it was just fun. Yeah. Because yeah. Ant-Man's a team mechanic, but he's also pretty yeah, fast. Anthony, eh? Yeah, Oh, he's he's a bloody good rider. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's fast. So yeah. we just rode every day. Yeah. Um, There's a nice event near Hibs, near Connors too. So might do a race before... We went, went over to Tassie, okay. which, which helps yeah. get back between the tapes. and Definitely. Yeah, it's good. Do you think you've learnt much from Connor? Like, I'd say he's one of the fastest round of turn anywhere in the world. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, to follow him and to sort of see how he sets up a bike and goes about things. He's real laid back, but he knows when to turn on. So Yeah. Yeah, I think you can learn a lot off him. Yeah, we did. Super pro. Yeah. yeah. yeah he's and a cool guy. I guess fairly handy having him to follow at Medina, right? Like he knows that place from racing. Yeah, he'd been there not heaps, but he'd been there a few times before. Yeah. So he we went there a week before. The tracks were already announced so we couldn't we just rode what was what we could. Yeah. And um Yeah, I could follow him and watch his GoPros from the tracks when he did race it. So ah, okay. we That's had a handy. bit of help. Yeah. yeah. And um Timmy Eaton too, he'd been there a good few times so Yeah. Yeah, it's good having them sort of toes up to speed on the track because it was so different to anything else really Medina so yeah how would you describe Medina like it looked sick from the from the oh, coverage probably the best place one, of, one yeah. of the best places yeah um just different from the top it was like a fast sort of flatter top uh-huh. rocky and then it just went steep it just properly steep yeah it, there was a good few steep bits yeah, yeah. And then it would go right back into bike parks there's a lot of, it was different but the bits the middle sections that we really liked it was like sort of narrow tight yeah rooty yeah yeah tech so, yeah. and a fair bit of line choice in some spots yeah yeah on stages there was there was a good good bit of line choice yeah. which is always good how do you work through that because like you've got you're so limited you've mm. got the potential to walk some stuff you've got one practice run and then you're in like how are you narrowing down where the best lines are i guess it it helps having some previous gopro and stuff but you still yeah. don't know where the tape no exactly be. yeah um well we've always film me reese and connor filmed our runs and emmy so we can we always like watch each other's gopros together and yeah. can we take different lines without even knowing okay and then sort of whatever you're comfortable with or we talk about it just from the laptop just yeah. watching the gopro will you go as far as like checking the time for lines from different people's gopro or is that if it's a, a bit too much not really no just how it looked and how it set you up for that next bit yeah um i'd say i stop more than reese reese likes to do like a top to bottom practice run which okay which um, yeah it works but i say i stop a bit more look at lines and then yeah i can get them we can just watch each other's gopro yeah. yeah and are you stopping when you see something that interests you or are you stopping when you ride through a bit and think oh maybe that wasn't perfect like maybe there's a better line like what 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 triggers you to stop if you like ride something and you're sort of dead in this corner you must have missed a high or uh-huh. you might see something in the corner of your eye. So if it doesn't feel right, it probably isn't right. Okay. But then saying, yeah, always just try and fight. Like there will be a bit of a corner. Or... Yeah. 
if it felt high. janky, there's yeah. probably a better but may- way to do it. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. We try and practice a bit later too, so when it's it's be dug in by the time we sort of try and practice. So. Yeah. And how yeah. was your race? Pretty pretty good, first one back. Yeah, yeah I was happy. Best yeah. ever result? Best ever, yeah. Yeah, 13th. Yeah, it was cool. It was the whole day was really good. Team was on fire. Um Yeah, you absolutely crushed it, right? Yeah. Connor in third, Reese in fourth, Emmy one under twenty ones. Yeah. Team of the day. Team of the day. Yellow. First plate. time? Yeah, it was yeah, yeah, it was good. What's the how does that work? Like, is there a podium for team of the day? Like Yeah, there's um they just goes off points of each rider. I'm not too sure yeah. how it works, but I imagine points of each rider and yeah, there's a podium at the end of all the podiums and you get your yellow plate and the next race you have the yellow plate on the Yeah, it's cool. That's pretty cool. But yeah, no, Connor kind of well, Reese was the first non Aussie. Yeah. And yeah, Emmy Emmy won, so couldn't have gone much better. Stoked. What yeah. do you think like where's the difference for you from like a good twentieth odd position to a good thirteenth position like last year to this year? What made that that step? Um I'm not too sure. Like that, that first stage of the year didn't feel great. Like, okay, if, I remember getting at the bottom and because it was finished at the finish arena, the first stage, and it was, I think I was yeah, the fastest time then. So, and it stuck pretty well. So, but it didn't feel amazing. Yeah, first, you just first stage, you you you're riding tight and it didn't feel great. But Reese has always said his best stages are when he's on that limit making mistakes and okay. says if he Reese says if he gets down and it's a feel like a smooth clean run it probably isn't the best time <laughs> okay fair <laughs> so that's quite often the other way around for yeah, people yeah I know yeah. But, yeah and it sort of makes sense like I was on the limit I think and was just trying to get top to bottom as fast and yeah it sort of worked quite well and Sweet. then saw that and pretty much kept it kept the momentum going all day yeah a few spills but yeah it's good all good yeah, yeah so what like what do you think you could have got there on a perfect day then are we are we talking top tens didn't look at the times but okay you can always say can't you but it's hard (laughs) to know you're always going to make a few mistakes it's hard to get a clean run when you're doing 40 minutes of racing yeah and there's way more than 10 people that are very capable of being in the top exactly yeah yeah. a lot of people would have made mistakes there because it was pretty full-on yeah and it was a bit of a like a different field order than we'd expect to see right a lot of like the downhillers yeah kind yeah, of Troy did, did well, well yeah. and like jesse and jack and you know some of the bigger names that we'd expect maybe struggled a little bit at that opener i wouldn't say they're anything <laughs> skill wise i don't know maybe not the best of luck but yeah the downhill boys would have gone well there yeah 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 well luke did very well too so um just because it was a lot downhill focused and yeah they're always the best ones, I think. And then it was a bit, a bit of a change when we went to Derby. Yeah, but you must have come in with a big dose of confidence, though, coming off a result like that the first round. Yeah, just wanted to try and back it up. And uh, when you were at the back of the pack, too, with the top boys, yeah, it's crazy how much the atmosphere changes. With, right the, with the yellow plate on as well. Yeah, the yellow plate. <laughs> no pressure. Um, but yeah, it was just a lot more peddly and that's yeah just yeah i was gonna say legs. if you looked at images you'd say maybe it would suit you like mm. oh the tracks were, the slippery. riding was insane yeah. it's a cool spot the rocks were these grippiest things ever it was cool but yeah then bits didn't really matter when you had four minutes pedaling beneath it, it was so. that much kind oh, of... it was just a lot of like traversing and felt like it was never ending <laughs> was um, it fun though or... oh it was fun oh yeah look, yeah always like racing so 
yeah it was fun it was yeah. good it was practice was a real and mudder which was good and then sort of dried up for the race but yeah it ran well yeah and 34th happy yeah yes yeah, okay i got a bit of a flat two on stage five so okay just that the long one of the longer ones no stage six uh, ah yeah the okay ones. yeah but we because they change it now at the end they reorder yeah they the last reseed. 30 so we yeah. had i had time to get to the pits change the tire okay and reseeded and went up for the last stage was, yeah i badly won again <laughs> yeah awesome yeah it was good yeah and thoughts on the new format like has much changed as far as you like from your experience other than the reseed and the no pro stage so yeah i quite like it means you have that saturday off to watch watch your, your practice and yeah refresh a little ready for sunday do you feel like you're because of that having that whole day off you're able to attack more on the race day do you think it makes the racing more like intense in a way yeah i'd say so you'd never when it was pro stage you would just you sort of take that time to watch the pro stage whereas now you can watch all of them and even maybe go walk yeah yeah. what you did yesterday so yeah i'd say you can maybe know the tracks a bit more than i did previous year yeah so yeah Say so it makes it that bit more faster, slightly faster yeah, paced yeah, racing, yeah. which is all good, right? Yeah, it's yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. And do, did it feel different from like you know media coverage, branding, that side of things, or is it seem pretty similar? Um, the finisher area, the arena at the bottom, the finish ball is a lot better. I think. Now. Okay, there's like a big screen and there's cameras, and we have to nice. do these green screen stuff for for the oh, Warner Bros. So yeah, it's yeah. definitely. I'm not too sure how. Much better is broadcast, like back home. I still think it's hard to. Yeah, it's, it was hard watch. to follow. Yeah, I think the highlights videos have improved. Yeah, um, and the one from Derby was out like pretty quick. To oh, be fair, cool. like considering yeah. the quality of it. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I think I hope there's a bit more. Yeah, kind of coming maybe some behind oh, the scenes stuff. And... I think at the races, it's it's a lot better. Yeah, it's on that big screen. Is yeah, yeah. I think it is better at, at the races, but. Yeah, maybe back home, I think. Yeah. Could do. Yeah, yeah, it's sure. not, yeah, not the easiest one to cover. No, exactly. It's, it's hard. It yeah. feels like it's some energy going into making yeah, it better yeah, for definitely. everyone. So, yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool. cool. Nice. So, I mean, you've been racing enduro for a few years now. I think it was fair to say that, like, your social following is increasing more because people love watching you ride a bike than they are interested in your race results. Um, you've clearly got a talent and an incredible style, which... I guess that opens up options for you, right? There's the sort of content creation side, free riding side of things versus racing. They can both offer opportunities. Like, mm. How do you look at that? Like why is enduro racing where you've, or it feels like where you've focused your efforts? Oh yeah, I've definitely like focus on training and riding. Then the whole content sort of like video projects we get to do with Callum Philpot over the winter and make make a few videos is i always i enjoy it like i've not properly made one sort of just focus on the video yeah yeah it's always been a day off here and there yeah training okay. but be cool to dig something brand new and really focus on a video yeah i was cool. going to ask that like, i always what, do love shooting yeah, yeah what would good. a dream video project look like for you probably a track that's never been shot on before uh-huh and you can make it like that bit jibby and yeah sort of tight um who would you want to film it? Have you got people you like working with or that you haven't worked with but would like to work with? 
Callum Philpot chap studios. He's yeah, yeah. He's unreal. He's a good rider himself, so he knows what okay. looks good and what doesn't. And yeah, yeah. I remember last winter we grafted on this hip, but it didn't work. <laughs> oh, no. So it'd be cool to go back to that spot and try and yeah get get something new out of him. Yeah, be really cool. Yeah, he's good. And are there other riders that you'd like to take with you? Are there like particular riders that you'd like to session with that? Like I always think about that yeah, segment yeah. of Ratboy and Brendan from Death Grip. Oh, like, yeah. is there a combo That'd that you'd cool. like to put together? Um, probably or... local boy Joe Smith would be sick. Oh yeah, okay. yeah, flat pedals just because he's sort of like loves like a good drifter corner too, some tight tech. Yeah, be cool to do something with Joe. Yeah, yeah. It would we don't see enough of Joe these days? No, I, think, I know. Like, on video, he's a sick rider. When I go ride him, it's it. It's cool to follow. Yeah, yeah, it's sick. That would be fun. And then, um, so I interviewed Leo Smith recently, Lando Steezy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, who <laughs> mentioned that perhaps uh, like Brendan and Sam Reynolds, Sam Pilgrim are making content for middle-aged riders. And so I asked him like who we should be looking at, who are the up-and-coming talents that are creating interesting stuff. Your name came up. Oh, sick. Yeah, I did. Someone did mention that, yeah. So that's sick. It must uh, feel- like, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I like Lando's. He's a good rider. Met with him at skate park in winter too. And yeah. Watching him move a little bike is... Yeah, insane talent, oh, hey? Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's good to watch. No, that's cool. Do you think about that side of things? Like, are you conscious about what you're presenting, like, from a social content perspective? Or are you, is it pretty organic? Um, Never really like to put something out that's just for the sake of posting sort of okay. thing. Okay, that's good. Like, yeah, I always try and make it something that's good to, to watch or different maybe but yeah you see too much of the same stuff these days i think yeah on instagram so yeah try and make things a bit different um maybe less is more i don't i don't not really <laughs> yeah, no, i it, think i'd rather see less but it be a banger every time yeah for, post, for like. me anyway i think but yeah, yeah everyone's each their own yeah yeah do you find it hard to like strike a balance then between that focus on racing because it feels like racing is the number one thing oh for yeah. You. yeah yeah definitely yeah. um but like balancing like that social side that growth that mm. profile because that is important i think that's oh a, yeah that's probably a big part of why yeah. forbidden support you right like clearly yeah. the results you're capable of getting amazing results in enduro but also like say very good to watch so yeah i always like i always like session at the end of the ride so yeah it's never a chore to get some iPhone clips. It's uh-huh. always fun. Like if something feels good, we'd like stop and take time to film. And yeah, it never feels like you have to do it, but it's good to like watch back at something that was you're happy with. And yeah, so we always do try and shoot shoot a few things when we ride, but never set a sort of film day. Sort of okay. thing. just ride. And if I'm with my brother, with my mates, we can pull out the phone and just get a few on that get some clips yeah, yeah yeah do you think you could ever see your career going more down that like content creation side of things uh not too sure not really thought of that but for now it's always racing i think yeah i do love it um but yeah i'd be keen to do a few more video projects and yeah. stuff in the future it'd be it'd be fun cool yeah. and any event like non-race events that you'd like to ride at that you could see yourself being a part of at some point uh or i'd do want to tick off these trans races okay blind racing yeah yeah that looks really fun um i don't know i've always said hardline but really pretty sick yeah have <laughs> you been um not a bit i've been yeah but not not anything not road anything so yeah be cool to get some big forks and give it a go yeah insane well yeah so i was going to ask actually like uh, uh, like you say your love for bikes we mm. think came 
partly because of speed and enjoyment of speed and and the, the pinnacle of that within our sport is still downhill i oh, think yeah. what made you go towards the enduro side rather than the downhill side i think just because that was my first race that's all that's the first we found i think okay and because i've not we didn't really never never tried downhill yeah. it was always enduro for the first couple of years um i don't know why i never switched i think just because i had one bike and yeah the bike that did it all and we enjoyed the big pedal days and with your mates and done a few downhill races now mm -hmm. just on the enjoy rig but yeah but you're you're riding for a team that has an like a downhill side to it and there is yeah. now a downhill bike yeah. from forbidden is it tempting it's tempting, yeah. it's tempting. <laughs> have you got one or not i've not yet i know okay. but oh, it looks a beast yeah yeah yeah, yeah it looks good yeah and i would like to dip my feet into some yeah down like properly on a big bike yeah would be good hard line for your first downhill <laughs> no, race maybe, then, yeah. not. <laughs> maybe not it's just so much different riding downhill race and being riding that same track for like two three days mm. you can sort of like nail whereas enjoy your riding what comes to you it's down yeah everything yeah it's different there's a lot more waiting around from what i've done so that's why i like enjoys at the minute just because you're on your bike all day yeah tons of bike time yeah 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 it's good watch this space <laughs> you're, you're a flat pedal rider yeah yeah flat pedals i think i tried clips for like three days <laughs> how did it go uh well, oh, what, just... what made you try them in the first place like what... oh yeah um it was probably reese okay probably teammate yeah, reese burner just saying he needs to get on clips and so i tried them for like a week in the winter up here yeah on the hill and <laughs> not the place <laughs> not is it the place no i just couldn't corner i just i don't know i didn't, didn't stick to it long enough uh-huh but I don't know, when i like when i ride i like to ride for fun yeah properly so do you think there's any downside to flats at an enduro race these days or do you think you can mitigate those downsides i think um yeah and the pedals maybe over the rough stuff but there's no point in me having them if I can't even corner the bike. So yeah, I just couldn't get used to it. Yeah, I was yeah. coming off, and it was, I think then I got told I need to wind the pins down on the pedals. I didn't do, but it's a bit too late now. I think <laughs> fair Stick play. To flats. Yeah, what flats are you running? We're on the diety pedals and the five ten. Okay, st style for a bit, which is yeah, pretty much the perfect. Which combo, diety yeah. pedal is it? The, the T Max. T Max. Yeah, yeah, with the big pins. Yeah, I've heard good me things. Me and Connor put the big pins in. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to put one in your shin, but. No, shins do get cooked, but I'd rather that than my elbows. Yeah, yeah. Clips. Fair. Yeah. All good. Uh, so I've heard you say in the past that you've got an endless motivation to ride bikes. Mm. Where do you think that comes from? I think just, or just as a kid, just it was never serious. It was never taken serious. We'd always just ride for fun, and Dad would never put too much pressure on me on the trials bike. So yeah, I know I've always just it's never been oh, i have to go ride it's always i want to go ride so yeah I've, after school in the summer try and get as much as the kind of local woods before it gets dark and always loved it yeah nice just, have you ever struggled with the motivation to ride like not really maybe it's a really wet day <laughs> but i just when i'm saying that i love that no i wouldn't say i have yeah. no. always just keen to ride that's awesome yeah Do you, has there ever been a point in your racing so far where it's been a bit harder to access that the fun do you know what i mean no i wouldn't say so no our team works so well it's such a good atmosphere and we all just love riding as much as each other so no i wouldn't say 
I've lost the fun at all now. Yeah. No, it's always... Even when there's a bit more pressure of maybe like following Jack Moore down the stage <laughs> or whatever, you're still, still managing to enjoy the You, fact you put that you're pressure there. on yourself and yeah, it may be a bit stressful during the race, but then after the race, it's after a good day on the bike, it comes after maybe. But yeah. Yeah. It's always, it's always fun. Nice. Yeah. So hopes for the rest of the season. You've got a bit of a break now before the next round. A bit of a break for the finale then. Actually, mine's squeezing a trip end of May to Bromont. Ah, nice. So we're going to go there for just, just under two weeks, I think. Go yeah. see Matty and Ant-Man ride, ride Bromont and not, nothing else much planned. There's the British up at Tweed yeah. end of this month. Yeah, yeah. So we'll do that. Always try and do as many races as you can. Yeah. Um, now off to finale. Nice. Should be good. And what are your hopes? Like You've got close to that top 10. Is that something you'd like to try and tick off this season? Yeah, definitely like to try and tick that top 10 off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, give it all to try and crack into there. Yeah. Nice. And anything you want to clean up from those first two rounds? Like, did you feel like your training's where you want it to be? Like, any changes to make? Um, well, just back in the gym. Just try and get as strong as we can. Yeah. Um. Do you think you're still making like good gains on that side if you're only a few years into like the yeah, whole gym definitely. side of things? Yeah, right? and numbers too. Yeah. We're on the watt bike with Neil and So is it watts you're measuring mainly or FTP and stuff. Okay. All yeah, that yeah, sort yeah. Of, it's, yeah, it's just another that's why it's so motivated because it's just gone it's gone up. So Yeah. Yeah, just try and get as much as that in. Um wouldn't change anything on the bike, bike's comfy. So yeah, pretty keen to get stuck in again. Awesome. Yeah, it's good. Looking forward to it, man. Well, we'll uh, we'll wrap up with our final four questions. First one of those: If our listeners had one hundred and fifty pounds to spend to improve their performance or their enjoyment on a bike, what would you recommend they go spend it on? One hundred and fifty. Um, Get some nice flat pedals. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely one. Yeah. yeah, Get some good pedals and some good five ten the rubber. Um, some good shoes. See so many people with their feet like yeah heels. Yeah, I think it's half out. the battle if you can have confidence where your feet are yeah agreed um i think like fuel too okay. spend it on fuel try and ride as many places as you can yeah different different terrain different things i think if you can go get good at tech steep bike park yeah i think you spend it on yeah trying to get to new places and maybe brakes too okay yeah what brakes are you running we're shram shram okay. yeah, yeah um do you do anything special to them or like stock pads and all that Oh, everything's stock. Yeah, yeah, I just like the bike, say, close to the grip than okay. many. Um, yeah, yeah. Does that man like like that request? Oh, he's the same. Him, oh, yeah. Connor's worse. His are basically cut touching the grip. Oh, really? So, yeah, he's used to it. Um, but yeah, I say brakes. I remember that school hard tail, like good brakes. Yeah. Like, oh, you can just one finger. I remember that cable and you see people with two fingers. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. no good. Not so, good. No. Nah. Yeah, that. Okay, nice. Second one, if you could wind the clock back um, and sit down with yourself age 16. What advice would you give him? And you're only just getting into it at that point, right? Yeah, it was been my first first year on a full yeah. slush, so um probably just keep at it, keep having fun. Yeah. Um yeah, it's not much I'd really really changed, just it's worked out pretty well so far. Yeah, just keep riding with your mates and Yeah. And keep on Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep scrolling that. <laughs> never know what you're gonna you find. You never know what you'll get. Yeah. All right, third one. If you could have a coaching session from anyone, past or present, who would it be and what would you want to learn from them? Oh, I've always thought about this. Um, it's a bit basic to say Sam Hill. It, <laughs> I, I mean, like everyone's going to say Sam Hill. It's what most it? people yeah. have said. What would you want to learn from Sam? Let's just find that out first before we get 
get from the, his like flat corners how he makes that look like he's just on a rail yeah, yeah. so just knows what the bike's doing beneath him and yeah knows when he should drift grip drift um so yeah be some flat power riders like sam connor yeah would be cool to do like a proper session with him because he's so at one with it too um yeah, Joe Smith. Yeah. He's got so much experience, he's good at pretty much everything, so... Yeah, he's a smart kid, eh? Yeah, yeah, that would be... That would be pretty sick. Nice. All right, last one. What do you do every day that you feel benefits you? Uh, on the bike, or just... Just in, in life, yeah. There's certain things that are, like, almost a ritual for you that you think helps. Uh, don't have so much, like, structure to anything, really. Uh-huh. Um... Have nutrition, always try and keep on top of that. Yeah. Uh, how, how do you approach that? Have you got like a pretty, like a simple framework that you work to? Yeah, uh, just make sure you're getting what you need, enough yeah. protein. And I read somewhere that your breakfast always involves eggs. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> eggs. <laughs> a good egg. Um, and maybe just social side. Like, yeah, I think if you're not happy. Yeah. If you're not with your mates and stuff or having fun, I think you're not gonna be doing like performing your best or yeah does yeah. most of your riding involve other people do you ride with mates more than you ride solo no nah, not not even no because okay. in the week is mainly just me but yeah yeah i do try and just like keep in touch and social side is always a thing i try and do yeah. um there's not much else really no well, no fair. secrets or anything no. all good man well yeah. it's been um it's been a real pleasure finding out a bit more about you i think there's an exciting future ahead i'm looking forward to seeing where it all goes down both the racing and the content creation side if people haven't seen you riding a bike they bloody should um where can they where can they follow you um probably instagram alex underscore underscore store yeah. one nice i'll Pretty put sure. a link in the show yeah that would be sick and yeah and there's yeah. a few edits out there i'll stick some yeah links in the show and i'll check on like the yeah. youtube and stuff is probably nice. the best place and was there a vital raw have you shot oh a raw? yeah shot a vital raw with tommy yeah tommy up at um clangothlin so. yeah yeah nice yeah i'll stick links in there so people can catch up with your ride and escapades but yeah best of luck for the rest of the season man cheers and, uh, Chris. No, thanks for coming over thanks very much wicked cheers cool. man legend cheers all right that's it for this episode with alex i really hope you've enjoyed it a massive thank you to magura their mt7 pro is my go-to brake and also the choice of world downhill champion loic bruni if you're looking for the best brake out there that's customizable for you on ergonomics aesthetics and performance then look no further and check out the mt7 pro over at magura.com don't forget if you want to be in with the chance of winning one of three pairs of magura mt7 pro brakes then you need to fill out my 2023 listener survey by heading to downtimepodcast.com forward slash survey before the 8th of june also, a massive thank you to Kotick. If you want to build your dream bike, then check out Kotick's UK-made 160mm travel enduro bike, the Rocket Max, an insanely capable bike that breeds confidence at speed but retains a fun personality on the trails. Kotick have multiple build options and the ability to customise those too. With factory collection now available at their new HQ in Chesterfield, you can even get one of the team to help you set up your bike. Add to that regular owners' rides and events and a company ethos that strives to operate in a low-impact way when it comes to the environment and also gives back a good chunk of their time and profit to the riding community. If that all sounds like your dream, then you can check them out over at kotic.co.uk. That's kotic spelled C-O-T-I-C. Also, don't forget that if you want to help support the podcast, the best way to do that is now by heading over to patreon.com forward slash downtime podcast and setting up a donation. If that's not right for you, but you still want some merch, that is available at downtimepodcast.com forward slash shop. 
All right, there's going to be a lot more awesome stuff coming your way over the course of the year. Make sure you're following the podcast by hitting that button in your podcast app now or by heading to downtimepodcast.com forward slash follow. All right, that's it for today. We're going to have another awesome episode coming up really soon. But until next time, get out and ride. <laughs>